The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that healthcare has to truly become consumer first, and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years, or we can jump in right now. Come be a part of it. Each week, we talk about building the healthcare of tomorrow. We recently passed 180 episodes in three years on the air, people. We're now in season six, where we're focusing on how to operationalize and scale consumer-first healthcare and digging into the details of how to make it happen. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about irrational decision-making. When designing products and experiences, how do we control for the fact that healthcare decision-making is often irrational, non-conscious, and emotion-based? I'll talk about that. Then Gina Uppel and Dr. Ria Mehta are in the house to share some provocative thinking about how to design digital health tools so they end up in the hands of those who need them. How do we learn to design around those who may not want to engage? This episode is jam-packed and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. Let me save you a lot of time and heartburn down the road so you can avoid the dreaded debrief conversation or after-action report when you have the pleasure of having to answer, why didn't we get more engagement? Why aren't more people interested in our product or service? One reason healthcare is so challenging is that we don't act rationally. We don't make choices with all the information. Sandra Brown, president and founder of marketing research firm MDRG, recently shared the following thought about behavioral economics on the Hello Healthcare podcast. She said, A lot of healthcare decisions that we make are non-conscious. They're emotional or automatic decisions, or they're based on things that we're not evaluating as professionals in the healthcare space. We need to really understand these decisions and how to connect consumers so that we deliver products and services in a way that consumers are going to engage with. She went on to say, engagement's really going to be critical, but it's not going to be based on rational decisions. And so it's really important that we understand this non-conscious side of the brain, these emotions, these feelings. And if we're really going to connect to consumers, we're going to have to figure out how to create that emotional connection. Her colleague at MBRG, Christy Roldan, added the following. We're all emotionally driven in our decision-making. If you think about the products and services and brands that are coming online in the healthcare space, like the Amazons and Walmarts that are coming into play, they're very much paying attention to the emotional lens of consumers and tapping into ideas like convenience, personalization, and how to serve people in a way that's driving meaning for them. 
So there's a lot more brands that are paying attention and being active in this space and tapping into the emotions and non-conscious side of consumers in order to create a winning value proposition. Close quote. What does this mean for us on a day-to-day basis? This again is where the fields of human-centered design and behavioral design come into play because they're the tools that we can use to test for irrational decision-making. And as we're all learning, that's one factor that you can't fully account for on paper. Coming back to the question of why isn't your product or service getting more interest or more use? The answer can most certainly be that human beings are acting too human. It's worth your time to better understand how to control for the fact that healthcare decision-making is often irrational, non-conscious, and emotion-based, and then plan accordingly. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. All right. Well, this is one of those really, really cool opportunities. Uh, Double the guests, double the amazing insights that we're going to get in this episode. And also we feature a return guest. So we have with us the pleasure today of having Dr. Ria Mehta, uh, who's the co-founder of Bowhead Health. And Gina Upple returns. Uh, Gina is also with Bowhead Health. She's over marketing and their futures community. We're going to dig into that and find out a little bit more about what that community is. But uh, welcome to both of you. Welcome on the Health Wrap. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to be back, Jared. There's almost like this feeling of kind of like an insider community in terms of those who who either Zane has connected us with, who unfortunately, you know, Zane can't be on our interview with us today, but those who are just very clearly interested in and passionate about taking healthcare to a different place. That is one of the ways we we kind of serve as a connective tissue with a lot of things that are happening in little pockets of innovation in this industry. I'm going to stop there and let you two fill in what I missed in your intros. Uh, Rhea, maybe we start with you. What else is going on with you and Bowhead Health? <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a, definitely a lot, a lot going on, but um, I would say on the topic of Bowhead Health, you know, we are incredibly passionate about democratizing healthcare. And, you know, that really is at the core of our, of what we stand for. It's, you know, how do we create a healthcare system that's more equal and more fair and just to all. And um, happy to kind of chat more about that. But the way that we've sort of carried out that mission really is through technology and, you know, being able to offer a digital health solution to patients, essentially giving them the opportunity to start building out their own encrypted or private patient health record. And so, you know, we all have these health records at our clinics and uh, doctor's offices, but we don't really have one that we keep at home for us that is, you know, organizer and keeper of all of our data. And we believe that, you know, if patients have access to that, obviously, you know, secure, private, making sure that the patient feels like it's, you know, it's safe and cared for, that this will lead to better outcomes. Fascinating. I love how you bring purpose into every part of what you just mentioned. Why do you think it's important to have purpose or mission be involved in in healthcare, if you don't mind me asking? You know, I think that idea of having mission and purpose in healthcare is not anything new. I mean, I think that most, we talk to most, you know, most doctors or clinicians, they would say that, you know, that's originally why they got into this world because they, you know, want 
to create a better system. They want to help people not get sick and die. And so I think that somewhere along the lines, you know, we've a little bit lost track of the core mission, which is really, you know, to care for patients and optimize their health and keep them from getting sick because, you know, healthcare obviously is such a beast and there's so many factors and there's so many stakeholders involved. But I think, you know, what we're really trying to do is kind of just go back to this, you know, original idea. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know that's a, that's a great reminder. Like you said, I don't think it's a new concept. It's, it's one that I know for myself is always a good reminder. I I can never be reminded of it too often of like, yeah, remember why we're doing all of this. And Gina related to that, tell us about the futures community. What is that to begin with? And, and what's the goal? Yeah. Happy to the futures community really started about a year ago when we realized, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, a lot of the ways that our ecosystem was connecting and learning together were taken away from us, right? When it comes to conferences or events. And Rhea and I really put our heads together and with the Bowhead team thought up, you know, why don't we start connecting with experts in our community to actually learn about you know, what's changing in healthcare and do more collaborative work. And on that, you know, learning journey, we realized that so much of what we do when we talk to patients about, you know, the future of healthcare and these health data wallets and, you know, all of these, you know, innovations that are happening, just as overwhelmed as patients are, people in the ecosystem are overwhelmed. So learning really is like the main theme in our futures community, helping innovators learn. So if you're a provider, if you're a executive in a healthcare system, if you're in government in healthcare, you have a lot of learning to do. And we are trying to build content and experiences around that. And then as we do that, how do we find ways to trickle that learning into our patient experiences, into our app, so that we're really designing understanding all of the different players in the ecosystem and really helping patients navigate, you know, all of these new digital health tools and all of these changes that are happening in healthcare. So yeah, the futures community is really our, you know, flag in the sand, so to speak, to say that learning is going to be a really big part of, you know, the future of healthcare innovation. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so it sounds like there's multiple kind of goals or objectives here. So not just to help those within the members of the community, you know, workers in healthcare. But then if, if things go well, then that education, it sounds like, you know, it fuels the work you're doing at Bowhead Health, the app and other things you may be working on, as well as ultimately trickling into patient experiences. That, that's, that's quite a thought process to even uh, recognize the opportunity there. I mean, did, did I capture that correctly? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of the work we do is in this like system space, right? Like you can't just fix healthcare by fixing healthcare. You do have to think about how all of these systems work together. And at the end of the day, systems are people and relationships. So every single person that we meet through our futurist community teaches us something and helps us reflect on something. And I can remember, you know, even just watching the interviews in our futures library now, I think we have over five hours of conversation with, you know, over 25 experts where we've intentionally made sure that, you know, over 50% of them are women, 50% of them over over 50% are POC, people of color, like how do we actually learn from the experts? And then the goal really is how do we bring patients into that learning experience and really design with them? Oh, designing with them. I love this thought. This is a great, and maybe a great way for us to pivot to in terms of 
how that and patient experience and engagement all kind of relate to each other. There's the the Bowhead app that I'd love to hear more about, not only just what it does, but then I want to dig into how you discovered the need that you're trying to solve. In fact, let's start there in, in the conversation. What what need are you trying to solve with the app? And then how does the app work? Yeah. So in terms of what need we're trying to solve, we, you know, I, I talked, we talked a little bit about patient data ownership. And I think that that's, you know, a mouthful, but really we are trying to empower patients. I think, I think that's, you know, the, our fundamental need that we're trying to solve is that, you know, in the healthcare system, patients are, they're just not, they're not empowered and they're not empowered. They're not really going to be taking responsibility over their health. And again, it's not something that we preach today, but back in the day when we first started up these systems, that was our goal to make sure that patients didn't get sick and that they were better equipped to manage their chronic conditions or their acute conditions. And so that's really the need that we're trying to solve. And so we have designed our application with a number of features that are really supporting this idea of empowerment from gamification, community building, education and learning, getting them to be able to track their healthy behaviors, getting them a chance to pull their data from different sources so they, they can start to make sense of that data. And so insights. Today, we, have, we use so many digital tools, but if we're not actually understanding what the value of, of all of those tools are and how they're benefiting our own life, we're not really serving patients at the end of the day. So that we're, again, just trying to tackle this idea of empowerment in all these different ways. And then the other piece around our app is this is a patient engagement tool or user engagement tool. We also are offering this up to pharma and saying this is a more holistic approach to engaging your patients around, you know, different drugs that they're using as an example. So we have a migraine tracker that we've worked on with a large pharmaceutical company. And the idea is it's not just a migraine tracker. It's a whole experience to be able to support patients who are struggling from this very debilitating chronic disease. And so they are incentivized. There, there's gamification built in. They receive rewards and badges for tracking their health, for filling out assessments. And then they get to also consent. So consent, the idea of consent Consent is not sort of buried in the privacy policy. It's very clear that they're being asked if they would wish to share some of this data with that pharmaceutical company and with our other partners. And so, again, constantly trying to engage and communicate and offer compassion to our users with this idea that if we're going to do that and be very transparent about everything from even how the data is being stored and organized and the security of the system, that ultimately patients will feel better. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health Hey, this is Scott Burgess from Healthcare 360, the fair and balanced healthcare podcast, exploring everything you wish you knew about healthcare, but don't. Join us weekly in an open, transparent conversation 
with some of the biggest names in the healthcare business surrounding this one question and one question only. Had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore before you traveled down the traditional healthcare route, how would you weigh those options against what you think healthcare and medicine really is? For more information about Healthcare 360 and how together we can help transform lives, visit scotteburgess.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us anywhere you enjoy listening. See you there. You mentioned the word holistic. I'm curious, how does that come into play and how do you even define that term in in terms of how the app uh, helps with patient engagement? Yeah, I think traditionally, and this is, and it's, I shouldn't say traditionally because traditionally healthcare was very much focused on the patient, the whole, the whole body, like mind, body, spirit. And I think that today healthcare is very much based on sick care. It's treatment based, it's reactionary. And so a lot of this is based on our personal experience. You know, I have my own personal journey around exploring holistic health through my diagnosis of fibromyalgia and ultimately finding relief through the idea of a more holistic care plan and an experience. And so we're essentially offering this up to our partners by saying, let's focus on healthy habit tracking. Let's focus on prevention. We don't need to just focus on tracking and understanding the symptoms as an example, because the symptoms are directly related to say the drug that the patient is using. We're also focused on how can we optimize the patient's experience? How can we make them feel good? Giving them these badges and incentives is is not going to give the pharma company any additional information about their drug, but it is going to leave the end user quite happier. So it's just really thinking through like, what can we do to really optimize the patient's overall experience? Well, speaking of, there's something that the two of you have been working on together uh, which say, I'd love to bring your podcast into this conversation. So the podcast is embodying the future of better health, which I love every single word. I mean, I came from a from a PR and communications background way, way, way back in the day, early on in the career. And so wording is important to me. Like, I, you know, I, I recognize when people put the effort into put the right words together to mean something. And to me, I love even just the wording of it because you use words like embodying and future and better. I know you two just wrapped up season one, but uh, Gina, would you like to share more about this and, and either what you hoped to get out of it and, and or anything that has surprised you along the way so far as you've been putting this out there into the world? Thank you. And, and thank you. Yes, we did put a lot of intention into the vibe we're really trying to create. There's so many podcasts out there and we really weren't out here just to, you know, fill the space, fill the airways. We really wanted to create what we, you know, called an audio experience. So our entire podcast, all the episodes have music throughout them. They take a documentary style approach. So we went through our futures library, our five hours of interviews and picked out the best kind of sound bites that really captured the future healthcare system we know will empower patients. We know will really help them feel like they have a support by their side when, when they're navigating their health. And that's really hard for a lot of people to access because we know that health coaches are expensive and doctors don't have a lot of time. And 
digital health actually creates so much opportunity to create that companion, but we're not talking about how all of these tools are going to integrate into our system. So we really wanted to think about integration in this podcast and bringing together people, not only to talk about like the latest health tech news or the specifics of the technology, which we do, we also wanted to bring in how do we create spaces where patients feel safe? How do we create community in healthcare? How do we come together? And our episodes really take that story arc of starting with our digital recovery and how people have been integrating more digital health wearables into their life, but do they really understand them? Then going to, are we really safe? How are we building our cyber shield? And how are we understanding all these data breaches that are happening, but also understanding technologies like blockchain or cryptography that can actually help keep us safe? And then going into community models and how we've seen communities really take center stage, especially during this pandemic and how the system and, and the system and community members can work better together. And our last episode is really pushing people to think through like mindset shifts. Like how are we thinking differently and what can that mean for healthcare? Specifically, if we think through decentralized healthcare. And that was really ideas around decentralized finance and cryptocurrency are so hot right now. How do we take some of that thinking and apply it to healthcare? And that's something we hope to do in the coming season. But really, we want to take people on this journey of learning as we learn as a company and bring in both the people that are doing the innovation work, but we also try to make it accessible enough if you're listening to this with your dad or your mom or your brother or your sibling that isn't in healthcare, they can still follow along and pique their interest because we know that that with that curiosity comes empowerment. When you actually understand how this wearable that you have on works, you feel more like it can help you and it is more integrated. So that was really our goal. And yeah, we would love for anyone to check it out. It's available on all platforms. Uh, I highly recommend listeners that you do that. And not only will you be treated with the insights and experiences that Gina and Rhea share on there, but you're also treated to some guided meditations on there. It's such a cool aspect of what you guys do. Tell me how that's been going on the episodes. Well, I'll let Rhea touch on that because I know that that's a big part of of the energy she's brought. Yeah, I mean... We really feel like, I mean, Gina talked about it, right? There's so many podcasts out there in the healthcare space. And I think we need to tackle healthcare from so many different angles. But I think this idea of holistic or compassionate care, values-based care, or just heart-centeredness, like that idea is not really a part of the sort of Western healthcare conversation. And I think that we could all benefit. We, I mean, meditation is now mainstream, so we can all benefit from just sinking a little deeper into our seat, taking a breath. And generally when that happens, we do reconnect to what's important to us. We do reconnect to our values. And we, we all know that to be true. So why can't we just bring in those moments of pause, a pausing and reflecting into our conversations? And we've even been thinking about how can we take this now to boardrooms and conferences and workshops? Because I think, again, it's going to bring us back to this idea of, of healthcare from a hundred plus years ago when we started this journey of creating these, these systems in the healthcare as we know it today. I think that we'll remember that at the end of the day, it's all about the human. It's all about the patient. And I think what's beautiful about healthcare 
care is it impacts every single one of us. So it's very easy to put ourselves in the shoes of the patient because, you know, ultimately we're all patients. Listeners, you got to check it out. The last one I just listened to was the meditation where we're imagining a net and I'm in the middle of it. And everyone in the community is another one of the knots in the net. It was great. It stopped me in my, in my tracks in a good way. I, I can tell you my body and my mind were telling me you need to do this more often. It's just a great way to, to bring together and, and kind of practice what you're preaching, right? I mean, it was just coy to experience it myself. Totally. That's the community episode, episode four. And we also, because we know that people are busy, we also share little sound bites from all the episodes on our LinkedIn channel, Bowhead Health's LinkedIn company page. And yeah, you can find the two-minute sneak peek meditation on there. We also pull out some of our favorite insights and reshare them because it's it's good to mix up your day and start it differently. And if you're if you're starting it with a podcast or you're breaking it up with a podcast, I highly recommend checking out some of those sneak peeks. I want to attempt to tie two more things in here before we go, two more topics. And this is under the the attempt of kind of being this connective tissue between all these topics. I think that's that's one of the things that, that we always hope to to do on this podcast. And they're the topics of increasing access and literacy for patients, the opportunity for digital health to increase access. And one of the ways to do that is by increasing patient engagement and literacy. Why is it important to even factor those things in, to factor in increased access? Why can't we just kind of keep serving the same people we've been serving with the healthcare system and, and not not worry about it? Why is it so important to increase access as part of everything we're doing? It's a great question. And for those of us who are have received the full benefit of the healthcare system, it might not be something that we think about every day. But there are a lot of other people in this world who sadly aren't able to access a lot of the services of the system. And I started out my journey as one of them. I grew up in a rural community in Northern Ontario, uh, Canada. And we just, based on our location, being in a rural community, like we were so limited. I would go to the big city and get a health checkup and come back and my data wouldn't even be back at my doctor's office. And so data portability, I think is, is a big problem. And we see this, we see this issue in many, in many places within the healthcare system. And so Actually, Gina, do you want to kind of pick up from this and talk about access and literacy? I really do believe that as we design these health apps, we can't just be designing for people from rich, upper-class households, even middle-class households that have the benefit of knowing, you know, have the education of having this literacy. How do we really create like ladders for the most marginalized communities to access things like wearables to ensure that they can track their health data and they can keep their records because you know what? Like they need it the most. They need to have that information to be able to advocate for themselves. And like Rhea said, right now it is dispersed amongst, you know, doctor's offices and hospitals. And we can't really talk about empowering patients without talking about ensuring that they have control over their health data. And I think from an equity point of view, like some people don't even know like that that's an issue. And we know how important keeping your data safe is and especially your health data. So I just worry that on this road we're on in digital health, where you're just, you know, creating wearables and all this data is everywhere and no one's really talking about the security side of it. Who's that really going to harm? And it's really going to harm black and brown people that have been historically marginalized and we need to make sure that they understand that their data is being collected and 
when it is being used, it's very transparent how, and they're able to see exactly who has access to it. And I think until we get there, we're not actually in a place to, to say that everyone has equal access. And I think that's a lot of what we think about every single day at Bowhead. You know, how are we building these systems so they really do work for everyone? If I have one chance to kind of wrap all this up with, with each of you, I'll give you both a chance to answer this. My last question here, if there's one message you'd like to share with healthcare organizations about making healthcare more consumer first. Maybe we can start with you, Gina, and then, and then Rhea will end up with you. Sure. What a loaded question. I would go back to, and I think this is how I ended my last conversation with you, but it's really like a core driving principle in my life. Healthcare is a collective mission. It's going to take everyone to get it right. And at Bowhead, we talk a lot about the importance of pilots and building relationships with people that are willing to experiment. And that means that experiment includes patients the whole way through, right? Like how are we actually bringing people in, having these conversations and funding this discovery process, like funding this experiment process in the right ways. So we're not like pretending that all of these tools are plug and play, which they're not in healthcare, right? It's going to take piloting. It's going to take working together. And I think that if we approach this space with that energy, we'll actually be able to see some of these visions come true. I love that. And I mean, this is, I mentioned this earlier, this is the core of our mission, which is make patients the owners and controllers and managers of their data, like give up give up ownership or at least share the ownership so that patients can start to have their own records. They can start to compile that and benefit from it because we know that there's a lot of preventative and you know day-to-day insights that patients can get if they just have access to that valuable data that really at the end of the day belongs to them. So give them that access. And I know that it's it, that kind of shift is not going to happen overnight, but start thinking about what it would look like to have patients in the driver's seat, have patients hold the key to unlocking their longitudinal health data sets. And and maybe even this idea of moving from head to heart. So maybe even as much as you can, if you are able to bring meditation into your day, you know, just, just meditate on patient-centered healthcare. Just, and even just saying it out loud, having it written down in a sticky note in your office, stuck up against your computer, just remembering that this is ultimately what we're, what our, our core mission is. We are all designing for the optimal patient experience. So just to hold that thought in your mind and your heart as much as possible. Uh, well, thank you both genuinely for giving us so much to think about and bringing us so much value today. What's the best way for listeners to reach you? The best way to reach us and get involved with our learning community is bowheadhealth.com slash futures, which is also where you can sign up for our newsletter, which we send out from time to time that summarizes some of the best insights we've heard. So that's bowheadhealth.com slash futures. Fantastic. And I know you both are on LinkedIn too. If people want to connect with you just uh, there as well. Thanks again for joining us on the show today. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we want to capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod.
Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at Shift.Health, where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks, and that's a wrap. Thank you.